Shabbat Shalom. See a lot of uh, kids here today, which is always a treat. Not sure this sermon will be a treat for the kids, so it's okay with us if they prefer to go outside and uh, stream the service. That way they can throw things they want at this stream, at the screen, and I say the same thing for the adults. If you can't stand a 15, 20-minute sermon, you too should go out and come back and feel free to throw things at the wall if you don't like. The attacks in Paris raised three fundamental issues for me. First, the gathering storm of radical Islam that is threatening the West and our way of life. I addressed this issue with you two weeks ago. Second, the urgency to uphold free speech. Even if such speech is offensive, this is what I addressed last week, it is the right to offend that gives free speech its power. Free speech is meaningless is if what we mean by that is that I am free to speak only if you do not offend me. The whole point of protecting speech is that it often offends someone somewhere. That is why it needs to be protected. Third, the attacks have confirmed yet again that there is rampaging anti-Semitism in France and throughout Western Europe. This is what I would like to address tonight. So consider this sermon, Paris, part three. Yesterday, I sent you an invitation to travel with us in March to Paris, Amsterdam, The Hague, Antwerp, and Brussels. I hope that you join us. And if you have teenage or college children, bring them. In just one week, they will learn more about what it means to be Jewish than they can learn in years of sitting in class studying history. We should go because our synagogue is not an island entirely unto itself. Each of us is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. And while in Europe, we will express solidarity with the French people, reassert our strong support for Western values and the right to free expression, and unite in solidarity with our people, the Jews of Western Europe, and learn more about their daily challenges. Let's call it for what it is. Anti-Semitism is a sick, depraved, racist, and ultimately genocidal condition. It asserts that a group the Jews, is innately depraved. A depravity born simply by virtue of being part of this group. Elimination, extermination, extinction, genocide is the logical outcome of this sick and deviant mindset. If Jews are innately depraved, demonic, and destructive, 
they must be wiped off the face of the earth for the good of the earth. Anti-Semitism is an affliction that all people of good will must confront and excise from the body politic first for simple utilitarian reasons. As Pastor Niemöller cautioned, they will come for the Jews first, but will come for you next. And if you do not speak out when they come for the Jews because you are not Jewish, there will be no one left to speak up for you when they come for you. Second, anti-Semitism is evil. And all good people are obligated to stand against hate and to confront evil. John Donne was right. Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind. And therefore, never send to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. The Talmud is very clear about our moral responsibilities. Whoever is able to protest against the transgressions of his family and does not is punished for the transgressions of his family. Whoever is able to protest against the sins of his community and does not is punished for the transgressions of his community. Whoever is able to protest against the transgressions of the world and does not is punished for the transgressions of the world. If the right tends to overstate the threat of anti-Semitism, the left tends to understate the threat. There is a shadow creeping over Europe. Je suis juif signs were nice to see after the atrocities in Paris. But 37% of the French people hold anti-Semitic views. Was this month's solidarity with French Jews a reversal of mindset? Or was it a temporary reaction to the agonies of a lacerated conscience? In the most recent ADL study, Throughout the 28 countries of the European Union, roughly a quarter of the EU population harbors anti-Semitic opinions. The study found that 40% of the Jews in France, Hungary, and Belgium have considered emigrating, and more than 20% of European Jews avoid Jewish events. These numbers are undoubtedly higher in the aftermath of this month's attack, and we will hear directly from the community's leaders in March. The president of the greater Paris Jewish community recently said it's not just the attacks. It's the looks, the insults, the tension that you feel every day. Life becomes more and more difficult. You know, Europeans express incredulity when their fellow Jewish citizens say that they feel safer in Israel. For the French, the Belgians, the Spaniards, 
They cannot comprehend how one can feel safer in Tel Aviv than Bordeaux or Brussels or Barcelona. Tel Aviv. There was an anti-Semitic mass stabbing there this week, which, by the way, was cheered on by the anti-Semitic Hamas and uncondemned by the Palestinian Authority, whose president, Abbas, marched with the other world leaders in Paris this month. How could it be that French Jews feel safer in Natanya than in Nice? Europeans should know better. Their memory is short, too short. There are people still alive who lived under Nazi oppression. They should know that freedom is not simply the state of being unchained or unimprisoned. Freedom is a feeling. It is the ability to breathe to inhale fully. Freedom is where I can be myself. Freedom is where I do not have to think twice about buying kosher food, or going to school, or to a house of worship, or to a community center. And that's why, despite the terror that Israel confronts, the same terror, by the way, that Europeans confront, despite their decidedly determined and delusional denials, that's the reason why Belgian Jews feel free in Tel Aviv. Freer, much freer than in Brussels. Tel Aviv, unlike much of Europe, is the place where Jews can be themselves. Have Europeans forgotten how quickly the spirit of liberty can die? It's all very good to put soldiers and police around Jewish institutions. But when a Jew has to walk through an armed fortress to get to synagogue, where do you think she would feel safer? In France or in Israel? And don't neglect the underlying question. Why do you have to post fearsome-looking guards armed to the teeth with automatic weapons in front of Jewish institutions in the first place and not near other institutions, at least not to the same degree? What's going on in your countries? What is going on in the world that has brought this disease of anti-Semitism back onto your streets and back into your homes and back into your own souls in less than a lifetime? Jews are attacked simply for being Jews. What ails Europe cannot be cured by posting more soldiers in Jewish institutions. That can help in blunting the pain of the disease. But the cure 
requires a complete transformation. Truth-telling about who is the enemy and what they believe. Why only now, je suis juif? What about all the other days? And what about all the other attacks on Jews? There's a fabulous wartime diary written by the then prominent non-Jewish thinker Jean Guénaud, who lived in Paris during the Nazi occupation. His book has been recently translated into English. He called it Diary of the Dark Years, 1940 to 44. In June of 1942, he posted this to his diary. For a week now, Jews have been forced to wear the yellow star and call public scorn upon themselves. People have never been so nice to them. It is because nothing is more vile than forcing a man to be ashamed of himself at every moment. And the good people of Paris know it. You know why French Jews were targeted? In addition to the staff at Charlie Hebdo? It has little to do with Israel or with the Palestinians. Don't let yourselves off so easily. It's not as if there was no anti-Semitism in Europe and in France before the 20th century. Don't allow Israel to be a substitute for the Jews of the world, as if there was some reason, if not justification, for this kind of hatred. Perhaps she dressed provocatively. That's the reason she was raped. Anti-Semitism has existed on the continent for millennia. If anything, Israel has become the Jew of the world for anti-Semites. Rather than blaming all of the world's problems on the Jews, we can now more acceptably blame all of the world's problems on the Jewish state. You enlightened European leaders with your incessant attacks on the moral existence of Israel have encouraged some of your own citizens to conflate historic European anti-Semitism with contemporary European anti-Zionism, which turns out to lead to the same result. Attacks on Jews in your own countries. If all of the problems between Israelis and Palestinians were magically solved overnight, there would still be radical Islam at your doorstep that has little to do with Israel. You know why French Jews were targeted? It has little to do with so-called Jewish separatism that we are too insular. Come on. Jews are the most assimilated religious and ethnic group in Europe. You know why French Jews were targeted? It's not because Jews are lazy, parasites on local economies. If anything, they accuse us of being too successful. We are too wealthy, too educated, too productive. We take away opportunities from others, they say. You know why French Jews were targeted? It's not because Jews are supposedly greedy. 
Jews are and have always been among the most generous supporters of every social and political cause under the sun. You know why French Jews were targeted? It's not because Jews are disloyal. Jews are active in every political and social cause under the sun in every country in which they live. The most patriotic of Germans were Jews. The most patriotic of French generals was Dreyfus. You know why French Jews were targeted? Because Jews are the West. Judaism established modernity's central narrative of freedom and individual liberty. It came from the Jews. It's why Martin Luther King looked to the Parsha of the week, the exodus from Egypt, upon which he based the entire civil rights movement. Judaism introduced to a backwards age our contemporary values of progress, invention, science, reason, justice, and hope. It's why Jews are so disproportionately represented in every enlightened endeavor. And deep down, enemies of the West, the enemies of freedom, progress, invention, science, justice, reason, and hope, deep down, they know this. And it is a mortal threat to them. And deep down, the good people of Paris know it as well. The basic truth is that for the opponents of the West, the Jews and the French are the same. Israel and the United States are one. The first is the big Satan, and the second is the little Satan. And in this sense, the words of the French prime minister after the attack on the kosher market are more prescient than even he realizes or intended when he said, France without the Jews is not France. He's right. But not only because half a million French Jews contribute so much to French society and if they left, they would take their intellectual, creative, and financial resources with them. It is because if Judaism cannot thrive, let alone survive, in France, then indeed, France is not France. It would be a betrayal of all that France is and aspires to be. It would signal the coming cataclysm, the ineluctable transformation of France into something else, something that is not France. Wake up. It's already late in the day. But it's not too late. There is still time. It is not yet dark. The West yet glimmers with some streaks of the day. Arise, shine, for your light is dawned. Behold, 
Darkness shall cover the earth and thick clouds the peoples, but upon you the light will shine. And may God's presence be over you now and forever.